Doug Tyrrell, History and Comment is available on iTunes. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Monday, the 27th day of February, 2023. Congress places the District of Columbia under their control in 1801. This 10-square-mile area is not part of any state and was never considered to be a primary residence. The argument that should now be made a state are part of a very long argument to grant one party a political advantage in Congress. American poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was born in 1807. He was a noted author and scholar in his time, and today is most remembered for two pieces, The Midnight Ride of Paul Revere and I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Abraham Lincoln, stumping for the Republican nomination in 1860, gives a speech at Cooper Union in New York City. The address was a detailed look at the Constitution and its history in regards to the issue of slavery and the specific question of does the federal government have the right to determine the slavery issue. In it, he calls the Dred Scott decision a bad decision. This event is considered pivotal to his nomination and eventual election. Another author is born on this day, John Steinbeck, in 1902. Steinbeck was born in the Central Valley of California, and his works were set there. Of Mice and Men, The Grapes of Wrath, and East of Eden are the best known. Ralph Nader was a well-known public figure back a few decades ago. Nader is 89 today. He was a trained lawyer turned activist, mostly directed at consumer protection. His 1965 book, Unsafe at Any Speed, was a critique leveled at the American auto industry in general and General Motors and the Corvair specifically. GM, not happy with Nader's investigation, hired a private investigator to tail him and discredit him. He countersued and won a $400,000 settlement. The 22nd Amendment is ratified in 1951, limiting presidents to a total of 10 years in office, essentially two elected terms. This is one point the Confederates foresaw, and they limited a president to one six-year term. A good idea, as there is no concern about re-election. The odd case would be if a vice president assumed the office before the middle of the term. They would be eligible for two additional terms. If we place this in the current context, Vice President Harris could replace President Biden and still be elected to two more terms. That is not likely to play out. Maybe the lesser known of his siblings, Ronnie and Donnie, Johnny Van Zant is 64 years old today. Van Zant is the current lead singer of the band Leonard Skinnerd. We talked the other day about the 1980 Olympic hockey team winning the gold. On this day in 1960, the U.S. beat the Soviet team en route to first place. It will be the last gold in that sport until 1980. In an interesting twist, the last player cut from the 1960 roster before the games began was Herb Brooks. Brooks will be the coach of the 1980 team. Some credit the cut in the 1960s for his rabid obsession in coaching the team 20 years later. 1963, Mickey Mantle of the New York Yankees signs a baseball contract worth $100,000 a year. At the time, an impressive amount, roughly a million dollars a year today. While Mantle is considered a great player, a million a year is hardly noteworthy today. His 1960 salary would place him 
at 554th on the list of Major League Baseball players ranked by salary. If you want the top spot, that is shared by two starting pitchers, Max Scherzer and Justin Velander, each earning $43.3 million a year. The numbers are sketchy, but that's on the order of $43,000 per pitch. While I stagger at the sum, let's keep in mind the baseball team is willing to pay that amount. Clearly, they feel it's a good business plan. Walter Cronkite was widely respected across the country as a trusted newsman. In 1968, he delivers a scathing editorial on America's chances to win the Vietnam War. While the details are buried, America did in fact win the war. It was the anti-war folks in Congress that dynamited the South Vietnamese after the pullout and refused to fund the support we had promised. But that fact will not make the nightly news. Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder record the single Ebony and Ivory in 1981. Ten years later, President George H.W. Bush announces that Kuwait is liberated. Four years ago, the smallest baby boy ever born and later to be released from the hospital goes home. He was born in the Tokyo hospital and weighed just nine and a half ounces. A remarkable feat. The question will be what, if any, long-term effects he will have. There have been some girls born that weighed much less. One born about the time this little boy went home was a girl weighing just four ounces and at 23 weeks of gestation. I heard a lay minister deliver an antidote the other day. Three reasons people go to church. One, get saved. Two, to stay saved. And three, because they were saved. I pondered the point for a moment and realized there is a serious amount of diverse theology in those three points. I will contend that number three is the most correct, and the others have a great deal of weakness. That's history and comment for the 27th day of February. I'm Doug Tyrrell. Now go do something worth remembering.